Hey guys, in today's episode, I am joined by Neil Chan, a videographer in the EDM industry who's worked with artists like Blank and Griffin. Neil shares with us how he broke into the scene, what it's like working with top EDM artists, and why he doesn't think you need a degree for this type of work. We also discuss some of his favorite projects he's worked on, like his new music video for Griffin's song, Cry. So with all that being said, let's get into it. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I am your host, Emma Capotis. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. Happy Wednesday. I hope you all are having a great week so far and staying healthy and feeling good. Uh, I'm so excited to share today's episode with you. I swear, every single interview I do recently, as soon as I'm done and I hang up with them, I'm like, wow, I can't wait to tell you guys about this because you guys are going to freak out. And today is absolutely no different. So as I mentioned in the intro, I have Neil Chan on today, who is a videographer in the EDM scene. And again, this is a topic that I have not covered yet on the podcast. And I want to continue to bring you people who have diverse backgrounds, different types of jobs, careers, like everything that could be covered. And I know some people have asked in the past for me to talk to either photographers or videographers in the scene. So Neil is going to be shedding some light on what it's like to work with top EDM artists and also just what it's like to break into the scene. Like, how do you even get started? Do you need a degree for this? Like, what goes into this type of job? And obviously, given the current state of the world, what he what is he currently working on now? And what is life like for a freelancing videographer? And of course, one of the biggest selling points of this, which is absolutely amazing. Neil has done so incredibly well for himself so far. He is currently working with Griffin, who is one of my favorite artists of all time. Absolutely love him. And I'll tell you a little bit more about how Griffin essentially was the reason that Neil and I connected. So with all that being said, thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode. If you enjoy it, please make this your Instagram stories today and tag at RaveCultureCast and at Emma Capotis in your post. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. We have an incredible community and we ended up having our second family Zoom call last night. Such a good time. um, And I want to continue to do those in the future. So if you guys are a part of the Facebook group, you will know when those are happening and you will get to vote on future dates. And it's just such an incredible community. I'm really excited to connect with you guys through that. So very excited about that. Uh, I'm going to jump right into our listener of the week. For those of you who don't know, every week I shout out a listener um, you guys can send in submissions and nominations I'm running very very low (laughs) so please email your submissions to raveculturecast at gmail.com this one comes from my girl Ryan she says hey Emma I wanted to nominate a listener who I was fortunate enough to have met virtually through your YouTube live streams I was watching the live chat and I saw Laura Gilb mention that she was a fellow Cincinnatian I reached out to her via Facebook and we have been in touch ever since. Because of COVID circumstances, Laura and I still haven't had an opportunity to meet in person, but that hasn't affected our friendship at all. Laura is the perfect example of what it means to be a member of the rave community. She's always reaching out and checking in to send some positivity my way or ask how my week is going or ask me about the latest virtual festivals and more. It always makes my day to hear from her. 
I always appreciate appreciate how active and participatory she is in the RCC Facebook group. Yes, snaps to that 100%. I'm so grateful to have her as a part of this community and lucky to have her as a friend. I can't wait for the day we can finally meet and rave in person together. Thank you for being such an incredible friend and human, Laura. And that is from Ryan Beckham. Huge shout out to Laura. I got to say, Laura's amazing. I've known her for a while and she really is an incredible part of this community. She was rocking her Rave Culture Cast merch this past weekend, which was awesome. So Laura, this was way overdue. You are our listener of the week. Thank you so much for being a part of the Rave Culture Cast family. All right, real quick, you guys, I am still collecting submissions for an upcoming episode all about Plur. What is Plur, Emma? Plur is peace, love, unity, and respect. It is a mantra that is very big in the EDM community. It's a huge part of rave culture, and I wanted to do a full episode on it. But I really want to get into the nitty-gritty details of what Plur actually means. Like, what does that really mean to you? Do you know what I'm saying? How how has it impacted your life? What examples do you have of plur moments or interactions that have happened you know maybe at an event or a festival so please send me all of your stories and let me know what plur really means to you again you can email me raveculturecast at gmail.com and I will be reading those in an upcoming episode all right you guys I want to jump right into the interview again uh Neil and I connected through Griffin's music video cry he actually reached out to me Uh, via Instagram and wanted to use some footage from some of my vlogs which I was like completely shooketh when he dm'd me I like could not believe it Um, and I was like yes absolutely feel free to use whatever footage you guys want and Griffin's video came out one not only is this song just like so emotional and touching and amazing the second thing which we'll talk about today is they went for a very nostalgic feel and they're like celebrating the festival community and they use like all this footage of people at festivals and then you know to see some of my clips in the video like I started crying it was amazing so that's how Neil and I connected I wanted to know more about him personally and his job and like all about the world of videography so I hope you guys are really really excited you can go ahead and connect with him on Instagram at ncsuds s-u-d-s at ncsuds if you want to shout him out and say hello go send a heart on his latest post and tell him rave culture cast sent you with all that being said uh please join me in welcoming Neil to the podcast hello how's it going good how are you doing pretty good cool well Thank you so much for being here. I'm actually so excited we could connect again. Um, I definitely want to talk a little bit later about like everything you have going on and the music video that you were working on. But to get things started, I would love it if you could just give a little introduction to yourself, um, where you're from, what you do, where you went to school, and yeah, anything else you want to throw in about yourself. Sure. Um, So I'm Neil. Uh, I'm 24. I'm living in uh, Vegas right now. well, I've been doing video for the past, uh, I would say like almost 10 years, coming up on 10 years. Yeah, I started out in high school. Like I grew up in Hawaii. Um, so I just, I recently just moved here. So this is all still like kind of new to me. Um, just being in the mainland, that kind of, um, yeah, yeah, that kind of environment. But yeah, like grew up in Hawaii, went to school, uh, like around Eva Beach. That's like where I grew up. Literally been, uh, uh, into video since I was about five. Wow. So that's okay. where I kind of all started. Like it all started because like my brother was super into Star Wars and we 
we saw it in like a store one day and then we like saw the movie and then like I would go back home and then like we try to like film scenes and stuff like that right um yeah that's where all that started (laughs) yeah yeah I never really like told that story to a lot of people so it's crazy well it's all gonna come out today so (laughs) I know right yeah yeah all coming out today but yeah like it that's where a lot of it started because like my my family's really um uh like my dad was super creative I feel like that's what started all of that um Mm -hmm. well my dad was like a like a civil engineer and then like he would do a lot of drawings like because then before like they would have to draw out all the plans by hand and stuff like that yeah so yeah I would just take out take up after him and then uh going through school I actually thought I was going to be like a an architect and then Mm. I thought I was going to do like graphic design okay um but um around like sophomore year in high school I accidentally got put into like an animation class okay yeah and then like they ended up having us do like little short films for that class mm-hmm. uh, it would go from like short films to like PSAs and stuff like that and then <laughs> my my whole thing was just like I knew what what high school videos look like you know like when it's like when right. they're filmed on like VHS like the, the yeah. tapes and it's like like it's all like cheesy and bad acting bad mm-hmm. it just looks it just looks like put the like DIY put together Right. Uh, so I was just think I would just be thinking to myself like what would make like uh, what what do like films do like why does that like look the way it does and then like the high school mm-hmm. one does uh, look the way it does right and that's where all that came around and like like I would I made like a PSA and then like my uh, my teacher um, if I could like shout out to Remiscal and Wooten um, those nice. are my two <laughs> teachers that really pushed me and like just like a quick tangent real quick like. Teachers, you like don't know how much you like influence your students. Like that's crazy. Like how, like like a teacher can like push someone in one way, and like mm-hmm. it could that goes with them for like the rest of their life. Hundred so, percent. Yep. Totally agree yeah. with you. Wow. Um, so you've always been super, in, like super passionate about it, Ben. Yeah, because like <clears throat> honestly, like it wasn't when it, like going back to Star Wars. Like it wasn't watching the movie. Like I would mm-hmm. watch the behind the scenes. Like, it was, like, an hour-long documentary, and, like, that's the only thing I would watch back-to-back, like, because, like, it's it's kind of like a magic trick. It's, like, you you see, like, the the final product, and then they have, like, everything that goes under, like, the process, Mm -hmm. and just, like, finding all that stuff out, it's, it's it's, like, knowing a secret that you're not supposed to know, you know? Yeah, just seeing the magic of how it all works. That's so interesting. So how, so did you go to school in Hawaii as well? Yeah, yeah. So I went to school uh, up to, like, high school... Um, in Hawaii and then I think college uh, I ended up going to Academy of Art and that's in okay. San Francisco nice okay uh, I can't take too much credit for it because I like went <laughs> for like a like a semester okay on, on site but that really like changed like a lot like it, that was a really good time just because like you're a bunch of like around a bunch of creatives and like a mm-hmm. really good community but yeah after that because um, I knew like I wasn't like always 100% with school in fact, like I, my mom would probably tell you that like I <laughs> was def- really defensive about not going to school. Okay. But because like it's it's art, like you like people will want to see like what you did, like not mm-hmm. really the the paperwork, you know. Like your um, portfolio. That's so funny you brought that yeah. up. I was actually gonna ask you today because I feel like 
pe- people in a creative background. I know it's like a sensitive topic right now, mm-hmm. but I-, I feel like a lot of people like just come out of like high school and then can just start working or start building up their portfolio. And you have like a mm-hmm. whole generation of people just like being YouTubers or doing all of this crazy stuff. So I was going to yeah. ask your opinion on if you think school is like 100% necessary or going to college for a degree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I don't think it is for, for video just because, or a photo or anything creative, because mm-hmm. honestly the, this profession is, is kind of similar to like a, like a trade, like a, like a like mm-hmm. construction job or um, right. something like that, where it's like, if you can do it, then, then you're hired and you can do it well, you can do it on time, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. But uh, going back to San Francisco, well, I, I ended up uh, moving back to Hawaii um, for that reason that like I had better connects uh, built up in Hawaii that to start my career. Um, okay. So yeah, it's just like a better bounce board. Um, from there, um, I mostly did work with um, clothing brands and then okay. those clothing brands would be linked to uh, local music artists in the island and then we do work with them. From there, uh, I worked at a music label for a little bit. It was like a starting music label in Hawaii. Uh, we did a couple music videos um, and then, <laughs> sorry, it's like after all this no, time, no. like for real, like for, uh, if I could say like quarantine has really mm-hmm. like, like allowed me to reflect it's been kind of like trippy, not how much time has passed. Um, yeah, I bet. Oh my God, I can't even imagine. But were you always into music though too? Uh, no, not like making music or anything, but like it was always around. That's the thing that like, mm-hmm. like I never intended to to get involved with it, but it was just something that was always there. Okay. And it gotcha. definitely drives a lot of the videos that I think about. Like, because um, I feel like that sets off the, the mood for the, for the project. Right. But yeah, uh, from the, like working at the music label, things kind of slowed down for a little bit. And then I ended up working at retail for a little bit. And then at one point, like I ended up shooting. Okay. So going, this is getting into like the rave stuff. So then uh, mm-hmm. there was a company or there's a event in uh, Hawaii called Wonderland. Okay. Um, and they would have like raves every season. So like, and at the time, like that was, that was like the only rave, outdoor rave to go to. Okay. Then that's like the only festival to go to. So everybody sure. gets super excited to go there. Um, I've been going there since like my first event was like in 2014. Dada okay, Life was playing. That was really awesome. cool. <laughs> and then uh, uh, 2017, so three years later, um, I got the chance to shoot an event because um, mm. my friend was a promoter there. Um, nice. Okay. Uh, who was playing? I think Slushy was playing Grand Theft, Party Peoples. I think oh, nice. there's one okay. more. Um, but yeah, like I, I started shooting that. And then from there, from 2017 to the end of 2019, I'd be shooting festivals for them on and off simultaneous with like doing the retail job. And then okay. along with that, like there was, there were, I would also be working at the news because, um, hmm. There was a person uh, that worked at my retail job that was a cameraman editor for the for that for the local news. So oh, okay, I'll, gotcha. Yeah, there was like all those three things going on at, at once, uh, mm-hmm. which kind of like really pushed me to like because it, it started to finally work. Like you know, like the the trying to become like a freelance person like full time. Mm-hmm. 
And then like, that's the thing, like, you're not the, like the start is always like the hardest because right. you're, what you're just trying to do is build momentum from nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like I finally started to see something from that. And nice. okay. that at, eventually I met my girlfriend at the same time around like 2017. Okay. And then um, by the end of 2018, we decided to move to Vegas, mostly just to be in the, in the mainland and just in a different, have like different opportunities. And she also was going to school uh, okay, around nice. here. So, Gotcha. Yeah. I was going to ask you what prompted the move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I knew I, like, I had to leave Hawaii because like, I kind of, I felt like I like exhausted the resources that I like went there for. Sure. Okay. And then um, from there, I like, uh, we moved to Vegas, and then the last event that I went to was it was Elenium, Blank, Dabin, Will Black, like they were all like in the in the, a Wonderland event. Nice, so good. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that was like the best event that I've been to. That was a really yeah. good time because um, I, like a lot of my other friends that were videographers, they were shooting there too. Uh, okay. So it was just all like a friend party, like. It was really cool. That's awesome. I mean, so some of the events, like you said, was it just because that big festival was kind of like the biggest event that you could possibly shoot for? Or like, mm-hmm. did you have some sort of interest in EDM or was it more like the job oh, yeah. kind of led you into it? <laughs> no, yeah. Like I was, I was already into EDM from, from 2014, like going to uh, like raves and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So by the time like 2017, like that rolled around, like I've always wanted to shoot it, but they're like, I didn't know like a way in. Right, right. Got it. But yeah, thankfully that uh, my friend Drazen, he's a promoter at a, at a Wonderland. And uh, he's the one that got me uh, to meet like the guys that own it and then like have me shoot and stuff like that. Wow, so, yeah. that's so cool. So tell me, because I know a lot of people like this is definitely not a subject I've covered yet. And mm-hmm. I just think it's super interesting. And even just looking at like your page and the stuff you put out, I have so much, so many questions for you just about like the art that you create. But mm-hmm. going back to like just the school conversation really quickly, because there is an element where the all the programs and you're using and things like that probably are just like, you know them by the back of your hand at this point. But what programs do you work in? Is that something that you learned on your own? Was it something you kind of needed a little bit of school for to learn? Um, and then like everything else too, like videography in general, is it a lot of just like playing around with things on your own? Or did you feel like you did need a little bit of schooling for that? All right. So uh, for the programs, I use uh, Premiere Pro, um, After Effects. Now I'm using Blender a lot more. Okay. Uh, that's like a 3D software, so that's what makes all the those really cool CGI oh, okay. stuff. Yeah, I think those are the three. Photoshop, you can count that for graphics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's basically it. And yeah, like I don't think I don't. I feel like school. The thing with school, I feel like it. The the good thing about it is that it it shows you stuff that you you wouldn't look up yourself. Mm-hmm. But at that same point, like you don't need to know everything. Like right. Because everybody, I feel like everybody that is interested in doing videos or photos or graphics, they have an idea of like what they want to make, mm-hmm. but uh, they just don't know how to execute it. And yep. okay. learning that style is something that I feel like it's better if you learned it on your own. So like a lot of the stuff that I learned, it was from, uh, from YouTube. I had other friends that would teach me stuff like that as well. And yeah, like I think... I think uh, the YouTube, especially how it is now, like it's mm-hmm. a lot more engaging and then there's a lot more tips and 
like more specific things that you could look up. Right. Um, yeah, back then it would do, it would be like from some from like the company mm-hmm. tutorials and stuff like that. It'd be super boring. But yeah, like it's I feel like now the landscape how it is like I don't think you need school for mm-hmm. any of that. Right. And anybody would tell you that that like art school the the real value of art school is the is the networking. So building that yep. base can be really helpful. Yeah, I think you, if you were really determined enough like I feel like that's something that would just come to you you know mm-hmm. like yeah yeah just, just making practicing. that work yeah. yeah that makes sense so I want to hear about these like the first few shows you did because there's a, a learning curve obviously that comes with it and mm-hmm. just like finally doing the thing so like what were the first few shows like for you that you were like actually hired to be a videographer for um the different festivals and events Oh man, like it, so it was really cool. Cause like you're battling like, the, the two of like, oh damn dude, like I can go like, like on stage and I can <laughs> meet people. Like, I feel like, like that thing about like, like seeing things you're not supposed to see. I feel like I'm just naturally attracted to that. So it's just, I'm not gonna lie. Like I partied like a little bit here and there, <laughs> like while doing the rave stuff. Um, yep. but, um, I think the biggest hurdle like, I had to get over was editing because I feel like mm. the, the, the editing uh, technicalities that, that goes into like making something that's hype is different from making like a short film. Right. But yeah, like I didn't really like get down until probably like 2018. Like, like yeah, it, like, it took me like a, over like, a year to, to really get that down. But yeah, like I, you learn eventually like, like what, what you are supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do when you can like party relax and stuff like that and when like when you're supposed to you know work you know is it kind of like I just imagine I mean obviously depending on the scale of the event it's a little bit different but is there like some sort because I I know I did a media pass once for a festival and I just had like so much imposter syndrome one I'm Mm -hmm. obviously not a videographer but there's just so many people in the photo pit and so many things going on like I had to like take almost a couple sets to finally be like, no, you know, I'm allowed to be here. I should be here. I'm trying to get the best content for my video as possible. Like when you're somebody who like wants to do this, like when they're first starting out, how do you kind of get over a little bit of that, like intimidation, especially if you're a fan of the artist that's on stage, I can imagine that there's like a lot of pressure associated with it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I get that a lot too. Like it's always the first couple of shots. Like you're just like, damn dude, like, the hell am I doing here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's so, yeah. it's so, it just feels so awkward. And then, but honestly, honestly, I feel like the thing you'd have to just be thinking about is that, like, just keep true to like what your plan is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go go in with a plan. Know what you want to shoot. Just be efficient with like your time and like like where you're gonna be at certain times. Um, mm-hmm. Like getting used to that t- definitely takes like a little bit of getting used to, but um, yeah. God, I bet. <laughs> but you come out with such great work. I mean, I want to talk you. about everything, everything that you've been working on and stuff like that. So how did you go from doing some of these events to doing what you do now? I know obviously with COVID, we can chat about like how your job has changed and that's affected your life. But pre-COVID, what, what were you up to? Like, what was the freelancing like life like for you? Yeah. So um, continuing off of like where I was like from that last event in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So it just... The timing works out insanely well. So, like, I, I worked with Blank in Hawaii, and, like, that was the first um, mm-hmm. artist that I 
exclusively shop for because up till then I was just doing like for the festival as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I shot with Blank and then like it turned out he was leaving to go to LA from Australia um, around the same time that I was moving to, from Vegas, from Hawaii to Vegas. So from there, like we just built up this bond where like he would have his first couple shows in, in LA and then I would come back, come out to go film with him. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That, that was like the biggest, just like having been to a show in LA that was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's like going, honestly, it hit, it hit harder than like filming EDC for the first time. Right. Just cause like, damn, you always like talk like in Hawaii, like the mainland is just the far away fantasy place where all shit goes down and like we don't hear about it but um yeah like blank got me to do like a few shows in la and then that got me the got me more seen in the mainland um to the point where we we were able to do um edc uh together and i also did uh did ec with looney tunes as well um awesome (laughs) and yeah i don't know i forgot is it word of mouth at that point usually like, how does it work? I'm like, like you said, a lot of it is networking. So at that point, is it kind of like, is it availability and word of mouth? Or to your point, do you just exclusively work with one artist? Um, and then you're not working for anybody else at that time? Actually, when I was doing the EDC EDC thing, mm-hmm. I, I was already into shoot with blank. But mm-hmm. then something that I suggest to people that are, are coming up, uh, just mm-hmm. hit up as like hit up any artist that you can because uh, that's what I did like with uh, Blank that I I hit up his manager first and that's and that's mm-hmm. how I like started that Got relationship with him yeah yeah okay but uh yeah like uh so I ended up doing that for the e- for EDC like the lineup came out and then all these people like that I would want to shoot or that I like listening to mm-hmm. like I would hit hit them up and then just like, go go down the list um nice not, you're not going to get every single one because I honestly just got like Looney Tunes. <laughs> okay. So. Um, it just takes yeah. one. It just takes one. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you don't, you really don't know where, where uh, stuff can, can lead you, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I guess blank leads me into blank is the reason why I got Griffin. Okay. And uh, just keep in perspective. Like I was doing. I was still doing like the retail job at the time too. So it's not like I like, okay. um, for most of last year I was doing, um, I was still like working a full, like a nine to five type of thing. Got it. Okay. But yeah, uh, blank led me into Griffin because their managers knew each other. Mm. Um, and at the time they were looking for like a newer perspective for his brand. Cool. Um, okay. So on the Griffin stuff, like I was literally like working and um, I was already kind of bummed because in Hawaii, he was gonna, he was gonna play in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it was around that time. And I was just like, like getting insane FOMO. Cause like, I really wanted to see him. And then I get like a DM from his manager saying that he wanted to like do some work together. And I was just like literally doing laps around the store. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, that's I can't even I imagine that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> that's so. Right. Did he hire you for a certain project or for a certain tour or anything like that? Yeah, the first one was uh, Lollapalooza. Wow. And, okay. Yeah, Chicago, and then um, yeah, uh, literally was shitting bricks because Griffin is like just so much different. Like 
Mm -hmm. uh, how he operates is more in like a like a full team, whereas like a lot of other DJs have like just like probably like three four people with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this guy had like like the whole fucking works going on like with the band, <laughs> mm -hmm. management, like press, like all those things like like coming in at once. So, jeez, he blew up. It's like unreal to see his progress because I'm like a Griffin stan and like from his yeah. SoundCloud days to what he does now it, it's actually unreal to see his career so that's amazing yeah I'm surprised like he like uh he's only been around since 2016 I thought it was mm -hmm. earlier than that um yeah just, no his like, girl's he's just been here since forever mm -hmm. dude uh, yeah it's just on your point about um being intimidated by like artists mm -hmm. like damn dude like that was just was so <laughs> weird I, honestly like I'm a baby in this in this industry, so like mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff is like first for me. Right. So I'm not even gonna try to play it cool and like yeah, dude, like it was really cool. Like we we met and we vibed and it was it was like nothing much. Like I'm just <laughs> straight up like I was just like fuck, dude. Like what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. No, please. I appreciate that because I I feel like that's exactly what people need to hear because people like want to be in that position one day and they'll keep it 100% real. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like all that was going through my head was just like, damn it, I can't mess this up. But mm -hmm. I feel like I'm messing it up because I'm being super awkward and I'm like not talking to anybody. And like, it's just, yeah, cause it's just like a whole different, a different world at that point. Did you meet um, at the show or were you able to meet like beforehand? We met before. We, we met at like a rehearsal that they were doing. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if that would, be, would have been better or worse. So, you know. <laughs> Just meeting at the show, yeah. Well, what comes out of it too, I'm curious because I know you said um, like coming at it with a new perspective and you talked a little bit about the editing, but besides the shooting part, like what is the entire process like after that? What are these artists asking you to create as far as like assets after the shooting? Yeah, um, are you talking about like, like style or just um, like- Yeah, like are you- yeah, for like Lollapalooza, like, are they asking you just to create like an after movie or are they saying like, shoot all of our content that we're going to use this for like photos, videos for social media? Is it like a full package? Right. Um, well, on face value, like, they, yeah, it's, it's mostly just for the like a recap um, okay. for Lollapalooza, especially like um, they're just feeling me out. So they have uh, Juliana, who is an amazing photographer that she's been uh, their photographer since the beginning. So. Uh, okay. she's my uh, point guard on that uh, nice yeah like it it's usually just the after movie that they that they're going for and mm -hmm. then uh, honestly a lot of it is recycled right it's it's purpose in a different way like even if mm -hmm. I like don't use it in the after movie they there's there's some there's some asset that can go on later on like the cry video mm -hmm. that yep. um, can use it for later on so yeah this is yeah. more like just stacking content Okay, and just getting as much as possible. That makes sense. Yeah, I was going to ask you because you mentioned style. So, like, how do you approach an after movie, or what do you think makes a successful recap video? Well, I'm honestly more about the. I'm a, I'm a feelsy dude. I like mm -hmm. when the <laughs> when the emotion just hits, and I feel like that's why me and mm -hmm. Griffin uh, blend so well together. Uh, some managers would have will have like uh, like a mood board in their head. Like they'll give you like a list of people that they want it to look like okay yeah just speaking generally like spencer miller like he his name pops up a lot um just like they just want like really engaging content 
mm-hmm. like on there and that's what that's all they really that's what they're want. looking for yeah yeah that makes sense but yeah i mean i personally i don't know if I, I don't think i've really hit like a style of my own just yet but what i think is interesting is that i feel like working with someone with, a, with like blank for a long time mm-hmm. and then working with griffin for a long time i feel like i've carved out like like i know what that type of vi- those types of videos should look like right yeah, yeah, you understand that understand them and their like music and their style pretty well now. Yeah, and I feel like I've come up with like a visual style that like kind of fits that. So Got there's it. some okay. things that I'll do specifically for blank that I won't do for Griffin. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, vice versa. Vice versa. Yeah. Because also Griffin is like compared to blank, I don't know his music, but it's like mid tempo, kind of experimental, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so with that, there's just more. Like you can do that with the with video, so you can. Mm-hmm. It allows you to to like go more deep into like effects and just like trippy visuals in a way. Right. And then Griffin allows for more storytelling and um, yeah, just more time to build Feelsy. the mood. Yeah. Yeah, because he has the lyrical content, which just like hits you in your feels every mm-hmm. single time. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I just yeah, I know. I'm just like he kills it <laughs> those lyrics those always hit mm-hmm. no he's the best his remix are so good but can you talk uh-huh. a little bit about cry because i know that's like what linked us together and i did an intro to you before you came on just talking about that music video but like you guys totally like nailed the nostalgia that everybody <laughs> is feeling right now and I'm just so like tired. hit yeah so like how what is the whole process like for you coming up with like the ideas and then doing all the editing can you like walk us through that whole process of creating that video um so originally i pitched the video to be like a james bond opening sequence mixed with like true detective okay (laughs) um because i kind of yeah like i knew it was going to be like a flashback type of video Mm -hmm. because i feel like especially at this time like especially during the summer when it was coming out um like everybody was having like insane fomo Mm -hmm. um so yeah, that's where that came from. And then, yeah, I just, I knew I had all this footage and then we needed, we could, we could do something with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I thought the, like doing it in the James Bond way would like having it be a little more abstract and right. Um, yeah. Just like more like a, like a vibe to it. Like I feel like that would have been, would be a little bit different. How many there. edits do you go through? Uh, that one went through a, quite a bit uh, <laughs> because especially like, like thinking about that kind of concept, I'm not sure how it looks off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So the visual plan and the edit, is it there yet? Like it's just the, like the concept of like the feel, like what I want it to be like. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, like it, it keeps getting tweaked um, up to the end. So. Um, it came out so good though. <laughs> Guys uh, killed it. Yeah. It's got over a million views on it. I'm pretty sure I was just looking at it this weekend. <laughs> I'm stoked. Dude, that's a sign. <laughs> I mean, it's like such a, it's so much hard work, but it's so worth it. And just to like see where you've come and see how you've grown. Like, do you have a favorite part out of all of this? Like, do you like one thing more than the other or like any favorite projects you've worked on as well? Well, I think the, that cry was definitely like the most, I feel like, like most, I don't know how to say it, like committed or like most, like I, I put like a lot into that project. Like it, mm-hmm. it was literally like a month straight of work because wow. just, there's just so many concepts that I would just think about and then it wouldn't work or yeah. Because like we're, me and Griffin definitely 
we really want it to hit. Like that's like uh, with his music or with my visuals, there's there's always like like what can we we do to to make it to hit like the feels like to mm-hmm. like if I can say for like the cry video, like like in general, like I I really I really love like the how the EDM community is and a lot of where I edit from is comes from like how like how are you how do you or what do you want the audience to feel like you want them to to share that experience with you right and it always goes for me it always goes back to uh, my first event like even though it wasn't like the biggest it wasn't EDC or anything like that like it still has the same community and right. like like when the music comes in like you you feel that like larger than life type of uh feel that comes that comes over you mm-hmm. and yeah that's that's always that's always behind like every video so speaking to that editing process like everything just kind of goes back to that yeah it's like a reoccurring theme for you i love that though cuz yeah. that re- that definitely is like what resonates with people like especially picking like a topic like that and portraying it that way like 100% right now but no, I love that you have that theme throughout all of that. I think that's honestly amazing. And I'm also curious before I, you know, wrap up here with a couple of questions with everything going on right now without events and things like that, like how have these past few months been for you and what are you currently working on right now? Well, it's been, it's been tough, like not gonna lie, just cause, um, you know, you definitely get caught up in like dwelling and like, damn, dude, they could have, could have done so much this year. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I thought this year, like, take me out of the equation or what I'm doing. Like, this year would have been fucking, it would have been a banger, dude. Yep. Like, that EDC lineup, which, <laughs> honestly, that's that's where, I, like, I found you, was, like, oh, no looking way. at festivals, like, uh, like festival reviews and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, uh, seeing the lineup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is, like, this is, like, an all-star lineup. Dude, it would have been so, so good. good. I know. You can think about it now, I'm just... Ugh. makes us emo <laughs> i know yeah <laughs> i know it's tough but there go i mean it honestly is crazy because it, it's interesting to see how festivals are approaching it because like they know just as much as we all know like it's just mm-hmm. a guess when they think things are going to come back but I know. you know like electric zoo just dropped their lineup this week so a lot of them you know all they can do right now is just try and get people hyped for next year and obviously try to drive some ticket sales through lineup drops and things like that but it's it's hard to like look at these lineups and get so pumped and i'm like izu is literally in a year from now <laughs> i know right and it's like yeah. like it's, it sucks now because they're like the, the like the lineups will come out and then i feel like for the festival community like it's everything's just kept getting pushed back pushed back like to mm-hmm. the point where like we're so numb to it now it's like right they'll drop but like they'll drop the lineup but then they'll be like like is it really happening <laughs> like yeah well we'll we'll see like the month before if this, and then i'll get stoked mm-hmm. um, yeah i could see that i could see a lot of last that's how i feel like last minute t- ticket purchases or like a lot of people just roll rolled over their tickets for next year which i did for i did that for like electric forest and ubby dubby but yeah um everybody's trying to hang in and we i mean we're all here because we're passionate about the EDM industry and we want to see festivals survive and like all these people, we want them to have their jobs back and things like that. So it's mm-hmm. like, we just have to make do with what we have in the meantime. And like, whether mm-hmm. it's driving raves or live streams and things like that, like how can you still keep, you know, the community spirit up and like what you guys did with that video definitely was one thing that I think hit home with a lot of people for sure. Sure. Yeah. Like it's, 
like there's only so many like online festivals that you can go to and like even mm -hmm. now I'm, i see like people like crashing it just like i don't want to see this online anymore like i want to go there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's cool that it, like even drive-in stuff is popping up too so mm -hmm. no they seem really one? fun no, no i haven't there haven't been any in the new york new jersey area but there are some halloween events popping up around here that are like like you have to get COVID tested before you go there. And I think they're doing rapid testing like upon arrival as well. So like, mm. I don't know if there are tickets available, I might try to go just to like vlog the whole experience and see what it's like <laughs> and exactly. hear crazy. live music again. Yeah. So I will report back on if I do that event. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Honestly, that's a positive. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm honestly expecting like when you first, when you, that first event that you get to go to after COVID, mm -hmm. this whole thing blows over. It should feel like I'm. I'm assuming it should feel like your first time. Hundred percent. Yeah. That honestly, that that's what got me too. Like you know, like when you're standing in line, and then like you can hear it in the background, super mm -hmm. far away, but like you, I don't know, you can like feel it in your in your chest or something. Yeah, it's the best. Oh, that's really I cheesy, call it potential energy. Like, <laughs> well, that's good. Oh, yeah. I like that my rave fam coined that we because we we would always say we would get like butterflies and we would just get nervous and we'd be like it's all of the potential energy building because it's not <laughs> there yet but you can just like feel it building in yourself and you like get the jitters so i completely agree with you it's going to be like on another level <laughs> um yeah. i wanted to ask you too like what you might have touched on it a little bit but in your opinion like what's the most rewarding part of doing what you do the people that get affected by it the most like because there, there's people that like it, they'll be having like rough patches in their life or like those com there's comments that like, like that say like, oh, it just like brightened up my day or mm -hmm. um, it just really helped me through something just because like, I, I know how that could be like, because listening to music, that's how like, I, that's what I would feel too. Like it kind of right. gives you that escape as well. But yeah. And then honestly, the, like when I'm at the festival and, and the shooting and like seeing people at the rail and stuff like that. Like, I feel like it's just like a shared energy because I'm not just, mm -hmm. I'm not just like, like walk around like stone face, like just filming stuff. Yeah. Yep. Cause honestly, honestly, when I would go to events and stuff like that, um, there'd be people like, uh, just walking around and people filming people mm -hmm. like aside from security, like event organizers, whatever, walking around. They just look so miserable, like, or not miserable, yeah. but just <laughs> blank. Right. It's like, oh, like, I just want to go home. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, what do you, this is like the coolest <laughs> place ever. Like, the, this is like the yeah. coolest, yeah, this is the coolest vibe. Like, how do you not be having fun too? But yeah, that's like I that love shared. that you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, I know it's you notice shit like that. hundred like, percent. It's people, they get phased. That's the problem. Like, that's why I'm so appreciative that you just said that. Cause I do, it obviously depends. Like if you're much further in your career or some people just get phased by all of it and mm -hmm. then they lose that spark or like they, they take things for granted and don't realize how lucky they are to be mm -hmm. in that position. So I do think like people feed off your energy too. So I'm sure as you're shooting people, you know, if you're in a good mood and you're like enjoying yourself as well, that makes for a better shot but yeah i mean some of the people that work for these events because like i have friends and family who work in music festival industry and it's the same thing like they're just so jaded by like doing all yeah. the work behind the scenes that sometimes they just are like over it or they don't even like go to watch some of the sets they're like hanging backstage the entire time i'm like how are mm -hmm. you not enjoying this yeah literally <laughs> like look at the lights just like oh wow okay. <laughs> just make it make sure everything looks good 
Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Cause like some of them, like they'd be setting up the stage like, mm-hmm. for, like the whole like week. Yeah. I can, I can see that. But then also when it happens, like, come on, dude, have fun, dude. Mm-hmm. No, it's so true. I mean, do you have any advice? I know you've, you've sprinkled in a couple things, but I think that will all be very helpful to anybody who again, like wants to do this, but any advice for somebody who wants to be a videographer in like for music festivals, for artists, um, any advice you have about, you know, the whole thing, working mm-hmm. with artists, getting started? Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing is to have a plan. Like if I, if I could do this again, like I would definitely think of a roadmap of where I would want to go. Cause before mm-hmm. I would, uh, just like with anything, I feel like you start something and then you just like start randomly poking and stuff, like mm-hmm. seeing what works. But I feel like that can lead you into doing something that like you don't want to do for a long time. Like how some people straight up and anything in video, like photo, anything creative, you're going to have to end up doing some work for free or mm-hmm. really cheap. Right. So you might as well just have be doing that while going in a direction that you want to, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like having a roadmap of what do you want to shoot or like what can you bring to this person's brand that not like only you can pull it off. Because mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, you are a supplement to that person's image. Right, right. So uh, I feel like a lot of people, they get kind of caught up, like become like the superstar videographer, mm-hmm. like like they want to be famous too or something like like travel the world with the artist yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then um just basically get like instagram famous or something like that. Mm-hmm. i don't want to go too much into that but <laughs> <Very good. laughs> yeah like noticing that you are are uh like helping this person you're 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 building this this image of like like i feel like just realizing like that job and just like sticking to a plan mm-hmm. um and uh yeah just having a having an idea like what you want to bring to that uh is really important yeah awesome i'm glad i'm glad you touched on um working for free as well too because i know it's like it's really tricky especially because i'm a graphic designer by trade so like same exact thing done tons of jobs for free and you kind of just have to build up your portfolio but then eventually you get to the point where like it just depends on the job like Mm-hmm. It's like this hard, how do I, how do I say this? It's like a hard decision between doing things for free and then getting taken advantage of, or mm-hmm. like knowing your worth, especially as a freelancer. But when you're building up your portfolio, like I feel like so many of those opportunities that might be for free or like an internship or whatever, um, a favor for someone can turn into such good opportunities. So it's like, you don't want to turn down something um because it's free like i feel like you might mm-hmm. learn the most from those circumstances so i'm glad you touched on that yeah like honestly speaking to doing stuff for free because i would uh, advise for doing stuff really cheap instead of free yeah um for free they really have to be coming in with like something that is a guaranteed value in the end mm. like like if you were to shoot a festival make sure you can like manager or something or guarantee a job or like mm. uh yeah just something solid like that like that's the only time right. i would think that uh doing stuff for free is mm-hmm. uh, justified yeah like because honestly it, it's i i see how tough that is because yeah you don't you don't have anything like like mm-hmm. the money is is still is still like the 
uh, you need that, you know, so. Yeah, if it's your only job, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I forgot I was going with that, but. No, you're good. No, I think that that makes a lot. I think that's extremely helpful. And I know like it depends like not to get on a tangent. Um, I've had friends too, where like the event has covered their ticket or maybe like their airfare Mm -hmm. and their travel expenses in exchange for like some sort of work and stuff like that. And same thing for like the vlogs, like some of the festivals have covered my cost of ticket, but they're not paying me to vlog. You know what I mean? Like that is just coming because I want to do it. And (laughs) I'm like Mm -hmm. happy to have the ticket. But yeah, I think whatever you can do to like get your foot in the door. And like you said, you were DMing people, right? Like you were DMing me. Yeah. yeah, do that. Put yourself out there. I, that's how I get some of these interviews. It's like so intimidating, <laughs> but you never know until you put it out there, especially now yeah, people are up. at home. So they have time to check their DMs. <laughs> and something like uh, I heard someone say this that like, I wish I knew a lot sooner was that um, if they can't meet you at your price, you can't. You don't have to meet them at their deliverables. Mm, like that's how okay. it was. But yeah. Gotcha. So if they're paying you cheaply, like still do leave your best work, but like, because mm-hmm. uh, there's I've heard so many stories that like they'll do stuff for free or it's really cheap, but then all of a sudden it's like they're they're like they're full time worker. Right. We need we need this content um, by next morning or like a few hours or something like that. You need to give, you need to give us all of your raw footage and stuff like that. Hmm. And then, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. And it's like you're getting, that's how you're getting screwed when you're just like, yep. <laughs> you know, this is like high value, but like you just gave it away for not much else, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I think we've all had like those life lessons or like scenarios like that. And you just learn for the next time, you know, hopefully, <laughs> but okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, want to be conscious of your time today. I know uh, I do have some bonus questions I want to ask you, but before uh, I get into that, I wanted to ask outside of your work, outside of everything you're doing, like what are you the most passionate about? Um, Have you started any new hobbies this past, these past few months that you've gotten into? Uh, Not much. Honestly, besides, (laughs) besides like video, I would say like, I don't know, like skating or skateboarding. Like that's something Mm. I usually like to do. Um, Nice. Because I got into a blender, been making like 3D, like uh, playable levels and stuff like that, or playable maps oh. and stuff like that. Yeah, I was super stoked about that. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> That's what I was, my next question was, what are you most excited about right now? Oh, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> doing more uh, lyric videos and stuff like that. There's a lot of work that we're doing with wave music. But yeah, I don't, honestly, we, there's not much. I can speak on for the end of the the rest of the year, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't don't have anything really to plug in. So (laughs) no, no, you're totally. Thank you so much for doing this day. It was honestly awesome chatting with you. No worries. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Of course, plug. Um, where can everybody connect with you and see your latest work? Um, so everything. Uh, Instagram NC Suds, Twitter NC Suds was like a underscore. Uh, that's basically it check out cry Griffin's new uh, video and yeah everybody else hang tight I'll be back with EDM news in just a second Alrighty, fam I hope you enjoyed that interview with Neil and again give him a follow at NC Suds on Instagram and feel free to check out Griffin's latest music festival (laughs) latest festival guys it's been a long day Check out Griffin's latest music video for the song Cry uh, and maybe see if you can find my vlog content in there if you guys see me pop up. 
Uh, Alrighty, I want to get into our EDM news. I have a short segment today and then I have my song of the week recommendations. How's that sound, everybody? Sound great, Emma. Woo. Awesome. Okay. (laughs) I've been in a room alone for a really long time today, so I hope you guys appreciate that. Um, Okay, I want to get into some festival announcements. Of course, Insomniac giving us endless amounts of content to talk about because, you know, we have to keep it up with the festivals coming to us in 2021. So first up, I want to talk about Hard Summer. So we got an announcement that it is coming back in 2021 uh, at the NOS Center, the Nas Center. I do that every time. At the Nas Center, uh, July 31st and August 1st. Uh, pre-sale was just extended, I believe. Um, so definitely check out their passes. They have all kinds of payment plans and all that fun stuff. Um, and then EDC Mexico was also announced. This is the one that it's like, okay, this is probably going to be the trend moving forward. So like pay attention, fam. But they are actually bumping back the festival. So right now it's on for April 16th, 17th and 18th, 2021. For those of you who don't know, usually EDC Mexico takes place in February. So we're already kind of seeing some festivals probably anticipating that they may not be able to have um, be at like full scale early next year. Who's, who knows what's going to happen? But um, so that's going to be coming out. Uh, I've heard nothing but amazing things about EDC Mexico. So really excited about that. Uh, I believe it was last week I told you guys about a Halloween festival that was being put on by Elements and it's in New Jersey at the Meadowlands. Well, we finally got the lineup for it. And when I tell you I wanted to throw up, it was so good. Like I it, I'm completely shook to my core. So on Friday right now, it just says I'm going to butcher this artist's name and I apologize, but I think it's just like Bedouin. Is that how you say it? Bedouin? I don't really know. Um, but that artist plus more to be announced on Friday. And then there are two different time slots. So there's a Saturday day rave and then there's a Saturday night rave, which is really cool. The day rave is uh, 12 noon to 7 p.m. And it's Boombox Cartel, Tainan, and Memba. So really cool vibes there. And then the night rave is what got me. It's Walker and Royce, Wax Motif, and Vanessa and Golden Pony. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like some of my favorite house artists of all time. I mean, I'm a Wax Motif stan. Walker and Royce is absolutely amazing live. And so is Vanessa. Like that is house music heaven. So You might be wondering, Emma, why are you not going to go to that event? I was this close, so close to buying tickets to that because it's, you know, not far. It's in New Jersey. And honestly, I just I'm trying to figure out what the F I'm going to do for Halloween that is like safe and socially distanced. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like everybody's trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do if they can even do anything. Um, And the tickets actually were a little bit pricey. I know tier one was like 129 and I believe it already bumped up to tier two and that was um, max capacity 500 people so at this point it might even be sold out but if you guys don't have any plans I would highly suggest that because I think that's going to be amazing it is not a drive-in rave it is an open air capacity festival with COVID pre-testing the week of the event and then upon entry as well there's a rapid test so all of that is going on. Um, in other news, I have a follow-up to a story I did this summer. So if some of you remember, the Chainsmokers did a drive-in event in the Hamptons that kind of like made headline news everywhere because all these videos came out and they like clearly were not social distance. It looked so packed and it was mainly the people up in like the VIP in the very front area. So it says Cuomo is finding the promoters behind the Chainsmokers Southampton concert $20,000 for COVID-19 violations. So it sounds like those are the people that are being 
held accountable for what happened there, but I think we knew that was going to happen. Um, Cuomo also barred the town of Sam- Southampton from approving permits for group gatherings without state approval. Um, so all of that's going on. And then lastly, I wanted to announce this because I think this is amazing as well. Live Nation announced that they are launching this program called Black Tour Directory, which highlights live music's diversity, according to this dancingastronaut.com article. So basically, um, it's a place where uh, black workers, black owned companies can register, register to be on this directory, which is really cool. So um, other people looking for working professionals and people in the music industry can go to this directory um, and it's a really easy way to find black employees and and connect with people and network. So I think that's really cool. It's a step in the right direction for them trying to diversify their jobs and their marketplace and things like that. So really, really cool. I'm glad to see these things happening. It should have happened a long time ago, but um, it's a step in the right direction. And I know Live Nation has a lot of things going on in the world but really really cool um check that article out on dancingastronaut.com all right my friends we are here at the end of the episode really quickly i'm going to tell you about my songs of the week uh, i have to shout out the collab between grizz and jaws which was really really exciting very anticipated i just feel like oh the song is called no doubt sorry <laughs> it's called no doubt it's wonky it's trippy it's super weird Um, It's an awesome collaboration between the two artists and I feel like it really kind of showcases what both of them can do and like the range of them because it's not a typical Jaws song. You can definitely tell his inflections in it and you can kind of see the Grizz vibes in it as well, but really fun collab um, from Grizz and Jaws called No Doubt. Uh, Last week, I also talked about how obsessed I am with John Summit's song Deep End Um, It was like number one on Beatport all summer. Well, the uh, duo Side Piece did a remix that they came out with this week. Um, So check it out. Side Piece's remix of Deep End by John Summit. Side Piece is party favor and nitty gritty for those of you who don't know. Such a fun duo. Um, Hope to see them live at some point. And lastly, I wanted to shout out this song my friend B.B. Howell uh, introduced me to. It's by... I think Loge 21, L-O-G-E, the number 21. Um, And it's their song, New Life. Really fun track. I was actually, I stopped by a shuffle meetup this past Friday that was in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, And BB was one of the people who helped organize it. And first off, the turnout was absolutely amazing. And that was the first time I felt like I had been at like an EDM event or like around those kinds of vibes in a very long time. So that was really, really exciting. And this song came on and BB was like, oh my God, I love this. This is my jam. And I was like, you got to send me this on Spotify. So Logue 21, the song New Life. Definitely check that out. All right, you guys, we are at the end of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening today. Uh, Again, huge shout out to Neil for joining me. NC Studs, if you want to follow him on Instagram. And you guys know the drill to do all the things. If you enjoyed this, it would mean so much to me if you would screenshot this and make it your Instagram stories today. If you really enjoyed it, you can leave us a review on iTunes or just throw a couple stars. You know, you don't even have to write a review. Throw a couple stars, you know, it takes 10 seconds um also feel free to connect with us on all of our social media handles at rave culture cast and at emma capotis uh we're also on youtube youtube.com slash emma capotis and rave culture cast clips if you want to watch weekly highlights and the bonus interview i always have every week with my guests um feel free to email me your listener of the week nominations and your submissions for what does plur mean to you and with all that being said i'm wishing you guys a very happy wednesday 
do something you love today. Listen to some great music and I will see you all next Wednesday. Bye guys. Yeah.